PFG Private Wealth Management LLC is an SEC-registered investment advisor. Information presented is for educational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any specific securities, investments, or investment strategies. The topics and information discussed during this podcast are not intended to provide tax or legal advice. Investments involve risk and, unless otherwise stated, are not guaranteed. Be sure to first consult with a qualified financial advisor and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed on this podcast. Past performance is not indicative of future performance. Insurance products and services are offered and sold through individually licensed and appointed insurance agents. The rules of retirement have changed. No longer can most of us rely on Social Security or a single pension to fund our futures. We're living longer, and retirement doesn't just last a handful of years anymore. Instead, you might stay retired for 20 or 30 years, and maybe even more. We need to look at retirement through a new lens, with fresh eyes, with a new approach and plan of attack. Here to answer the call are financial advisors John Texera and Nick McDevitt of PFG Private Wealth Management, serving you throughout the Tampa Bay area. This podcast is Retirement Planning Redefined, and it starts right now. Hey, everybody. Welcome into Retirement Planning Redefined. Thanks for hanging out in the podcast with us as we talk investing, finance, and retirement with John and Nick from PFG Private Wealth. On this episode of the podcast, we're going to talk about not making assumptions, reasons why to never assume. We all do it as humans, but when it certainly comes to retirement, there's some ways and pretty easy ways, too, to just not make these assumptions, but yet it does happen. So we're going to talk through that a little bit. Got a couple of bullet points we're going to go over. But first, let me say hey to the guys. What's going on, John and Nick? How you doing, John? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I don't know if I mentioned it on the uh, past uh, podcast, but we uh, moved to a new house and it's been a, a couple of months and just settling in. So getting uh, getting some new furniture, which uh, if anyone's ordered furniture recently, everything's back ordered uh-huh. by uh, about two months. So we, we finally have some of that trickling in. So it's uh, it's nice. So yeah, good. yeah, just settle into a new place and then getting ready to enjoy it with the the weather turning around here. Very nice. Yeah, if you bought uh, or try to buy lumber as well, holy moly, lumber's through the roof. If you've gone even to just to Lowe's or something to get some plywood, it's pretty crazy. Uh, but Nick, what's going on with you? How are you? Uh, just staying busy. Uh, no complaints. I have a friend coming down to visit. Uh, that's he got. Uh, it was one of the early uh, people to get vaccinated, so he's coming down mm. to visit in another week or two. Um, so that'll be kind of cool to. You know, we'll do everything outside and all that kind of stuff, but to have some sort of, uh, you know, activity and uh, a friend in town will be a good uh, good time. So yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, good. Well, I'm glad you guys are doing well. So let's jump in and talk about this week's topic, making assumptions. As I mentioned before, I mean, it's common, right? We're human. We do it in all sorts of areas and ways in life. But when we're talking about retirement, there's a few of these that uh, maybe just don't hold water anymore. So let's start with a classic one here, guys. I'll spend less when I retire I mean, we've heard that for a number of years, and I get it, but at the same time, I just think with the cost of everything going up the way it is, and my dad used to tell me when you get to retirement, and he got there, he's like, you know, every day's a Saturday, and he's like, I always spend the most money on a Saturday, and I thought that was a good way of looking at it, because you're just, it's, you're inclined to just do more, or at least you want to anyway, that's the goal of retirement, right, is to get out there and do those things you've wanted to do. Yeah, one of the things that we oftentimes talk about with people is, you know, really, the whole goal of this planning process and the work that we put in over the years that are leading up to retirement is, you know, to allow you to not have to spend less, you know, to, to want to spend the same, you know, maybe you'll pay a little bit less 
uh, on certain things here and there. Maybe you got the house paid off, but really from a lifestyle standpoint and your analogy uh, that your father used of every day is a Saturday is, is correct in a, yeah. in a lot of ways. And so a lot of times people, depending upon the, the conversation, people will focus on needs versus wants, but very rarely do people live, you know, a lifestyle of, of uh, needs only. And right. so, um, you know, the beauty of planning is we can try to kind of build some of those scenarios in, but ultimately, and we'll, we'll kind of say it to people up front is like, you know, don't you want to live the same sort of lifestyle? So, you know, why don't we, why don't we budget and plan for that? Yeah. And we see a lot of people when they go to retire, a, a lot of those kind of bucket list of vacations happen. And, and I'll tell you, those aren't cheap. So, you know, it's, it's kind of, right. it's, we call them what the go-go years where it's time to really start doing things. Mm-hmm. And if you plan correctly, you know, you do want to spend the same amount of money, if not more, um, to really start enjoying your, uh, your Saturdays every day. Yeah. And if you think about the go-go years, John, in that respect, you know, you're doing more in the first couple of years of retirement, but you're starting, yeah, maybe there's some trade-offs. Like uh, I think some, there's some statistics, like people go out to eat more in their thirties, forties and fifties. As you get over 60, you start going out a little bit less and less. And we'll just take COVID out of the equation for right now. And, and even with that's the case, you're going to start trading that off for other things. So yeah, you might spend less in this category, but you may spend more in another category. So just the general assumption that you're going to spend less in retirement uh, is typically a false one, especially if you are having some dreams and some lofty things that you want to do, again, COVID aside or not, right? So that's one classic one to ponder. Another one that goes right along with it, guys, is the taxes will be lower. You know, typically we think our tax rate will be lower in retirement. And maybe that used to be the norm when the tax rates were, there was a wider range in them. I mean, I'm talking 20 or 30 years ago, but I don't know that that's the case anymore. What do you guys see? Uh, when we do planning, for the most part, I- I'll say we see taxes drop a little bit. But um, you know, Nick and I really try to kind of build in worst case scenario, and we're historically in in very low tax brackets. So when we're doing planning for our clients, we we make sure that even if the plan showing lower taxes, that we adjust their plan to you know, if taxes do go up. You know, at some point they're going to go up. I'm assuming with all the spending the government right. is doing. Yeah. Um, that they can adjust to that. So although you know we have seen that, we definitely do not make plans based on that. And when we when we run some numbers, we we kind of stress test to say, hey, what if taxes do go up um, into retirement? So one of the big things that we'll see when people retire is you do have a little bit more deduction. You know, you have that deduction of you know once you hit 65 on your taxes, and then also you're not paying social security tax anymore because there's no more earned income. So those that tax does get lowered, but from an income tax standpoint, you know, maybe a little bit, but again, not enough to really say, hey, you know, I'm going to be spending a lot more because my taxes are lower. It can also uh, very much be a production of how you have saved over the years. So, you know, for example, if maybe you're eligible for a pension and you have a pension, which is going to be fully taxable when you receive it, plus uh, the money that you saved has gone all uh, to to pre-tax accounts, mm-hmm. to pre-tax 401k, pre-tax IRA. So, and and you don't happen to have any Roth accounts or any accounts that are what we you know would refer to as non-retirement, non-qualified accounts. You know that that can have a, a significant impact as well. So it's it's not as simple as you know a total income number. It can also be you know where is the income coming from and how does that impact uh, the overall situation and 
you know, just like John said, the 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 probability of of taxes going up in the future is is fairly high with you know the debt levels and and those sorts yeah. of things. Yeah, I mean, just you know, just some quick numbers. Uh, right now, I think it's around seventy five percent or so. Of the federal budget is allocated towards entitlement programs. I mean, think about that. So, what's it going to be ten years from now? And that's not factoring in to your guys' point some of the stimulus stuff. So. Uh, it's going to continue to be a situation where I, I think everybody's in the, the same agreement that it's going up. It's just a matter of when, you know, who, you know, when they're going to do it or whatever the case is. So being prepared and not just making that assumption again that you'll be in a lower tax bracket. That's the goal if you're working with a, a good, you know, team and working with guys like yourself to get to plan to keep your taxes as low as possible. That's always the goal, but just don't assume it's going to happen. Um, let's talk about the college conversation, guys. We'll try to stay away from the should it be paid off or should it not be by the government we'll, if we can. But just in general, the thought from a retiree standpoint, especially for people who have had kids later in life and they really want to help them uh, with retirement or excuse me, with uh, college, that's great. We all love our kids. We all want to do things. But at some point, do you guys see a situation where people can put themselves behind the eight ball for their own retirement. And now they're becoming a burden on their kids later in life because you've sacrificed your own retirement to help them get started. You know, that's a, that's a slippery slope. Yeah. So I actually, oddly enough, I just had this conversation today where, oh, okay. um, you know, client had, uh, had some money that was freed up and, uh, from, you know, their kids are young and they're in daycare. So there's some extra money now that they're going to school. And the question is, Hey, what should I do with that? And, and part of the conversation was, you know, you, you know, let's start looking at your overall retirement plan to see what that looks like before you start, you know, socking away all this money into a 529 plan or any other college savings plan, because, mm-hmm. you know, it's, there are loans for college. There's no loans for retirement. <laughs> right. So I mean, maybe a reverse mortgage would be about the only thing way you could finance a retirement, maybe. Right. But that's a totally another conversation for another day. Yeah. And, and when the kids get to that point of school, there, there are, depending on how you structure your, your retirement assets, mm-hmm. There are some ways that you can access those retirement funds to help them pay for school. So, and kind of the way I view it is that, you know, you can tap those funds to pay for school and still kind of maintain your retirement. So it's, it's yeah. always something you really want to take a look at and just plan for and be prepared. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would say that our default is, um, you know, typically save first for yourself and for your retirement and then um, we can build in, you know, strategies and structures for saving uh, for college expenses for, for the kids. We really don't know what that space is going to look like 10 or 15 or even 20 years from now. Right. You know, whether college will be fully required for everything or, you know, what sort of programs will be put in place, um, even the ways that students will be able to qualify for things like financial aid and those sorts of things. And so anytime a plan is too heavily focused in one area, we oftentimes see mistakes. And so um, it's difficult with this conversation because it can be a very personal uh, sure. conversation. Sure. You know, oftentimes it's it's based upon the client's experience when they were children, you know, whether or not they had to go through it themselves. And that can go both ways. Like, hey, I don't want this burden to be on them. Or, hey, I learned a lot by having to do that. And I'd like my kids to do the same sort of thing. And so you know, just like uh, so many other topics, we really try to talk about, you know, the financial side of things and help them understand the impacts in that space. And then, you know, get their feedback on their personal feelings about it. And then try to find a way to kind of mold those two together to, to make it make sense from both a 
you know, a preferential and personal standpoint as well as a financial standpoint. That's a great point. Yeah, exactly. Because it, it can be in everybody's situation. It's almost like the same conversation around legacy planning, right? Some folks say, I don't want to leave anything to the kids um, because they're doing just fine. And others say, I want to leave as much as I can. So yeah, it's, it becomes a very personal conversation. But just be careful because what we've seen over the last couple of years is uh, is people you know sacrificing a little too much, and then again, like I said, it comes back around, and you wind up being a burden. You know, you're in your 70s, and you need help with retirement, and now you're trying to help lean on your adult kids who are maybe just starting their own families, and so it just just a slippery slope. So just be careful. Yeah, and one other thing on that, sure. you pointed out the legacy planning, and and that's kind of a good point because you know, and and we consider that you know factoring in the whole overall throughout the whole planning, but a lot of times what we will see are hey, you know, we paid for school, so we are going to spend, you know, our money in retirement and use our money in retirement Mm. or uh, the vice, you know, vice versa, where it's like, you know, we didn't help out with school. So we'd like to, you know, make sure that we leave some money. So, uh, again, it's a multi-tiered, you know, sort of conversation. and, And ultimately, we always try to focus on control, you know, be in control of your own money. Uh, be able to have as much of an impact as you can on on your own personal decisions. And so, you know, sometimes knowing like, well, hey, you know, if I can help them out down the line uh, afterwards, that may be a way to quote unquote, like make up for sure. not having put away as much money for their education or whatever. That's a good way of looking at it. And again, it's all very personal things. So just again, the topic this week on the podcast is just not making the assumption that you have to help your kids through college before you worry about retirement savings because uh, that can get you into a bit of a pickle. One more here, guys, on the main topic this week, and that's the classic I'll never be able to retire kind of uh, assumption. And I think what we find, and you guys tell me what you see in your practice, is many people just assume that and they never take the time to sit down and go through a planning process and find out if they're right or wrong because they're just terrified that they're and they're assuming they're going to be wrong. And more times than not, they're actually not. People find that they're in better shape shape than they thought they were when they go through the process, typically. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. You know, Nick and I do the classes and a lot of those people are, are kind of in that position and it's time to start looking at it. And we've had a lot of scenarios where people feel that they haven't haven't done enough. And when we do the plan, it's, hey, you know, you're, you're on track and it looks really good. And it's it produces right. a nice kind of sense of relief for, for some of those individuals. Um, I definitely will say never assume that. And it's it's better to take a look at it sooner rather than later, because if it's vice versa, mm-hmm. where um, you need to start saving more, you know, we do find that people in their 50s, you know, kids are have moved out, they're kind of off the payroll. And now if there's a time to really catch up, it's going to be in your 50s to 60s. So it's really important to build that plan, see where you're at. And, you know, if you're on track, great. You know, let's let's enhance that to give you more flexibility down the road. And if you're not on track, now's the time to really yep. it's better to start planning sooner rather than later versus, hey, once you hit 60 and it's like, you know, you're you're working years. It's going to be harder. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, just like so many things in life, uh, we've had conversations with people like this. And the reality is, is that we can't change the past. So we really try to emphasize, you know, the present and the future and decisions that can be made moving forward. It can be difficult, you know, for us as advisors sometimes because ultimately we tell clients we can't care more about your money and your retirement than you do, you know. So, so the number one factor in this whole thing is that it has to be an important thing for you, and you have to be motivated to make changes if you are behind the ball. um, And we'll absolutely help help you get there. But I would say one of the biggest mistakes that we'll see is that people get paralyzed by the concerns about mistakes that they've made in the past. 
And then all of a sudden it's five years, 10 years later, and you know they've just really uh, doubled up on the mistakes. And so the sooner you can make changes, the better, and you know less focus on the past and more focus on the present and the future. Absolutely. So some good points to ponder there as we're talking about not making assumptions for retirement. And of course, if you've got questions or some concerns, you need a little bit of help, you want to get a second opinion on a plan you might have or even a first opinion, if you've never taken the time to do so, reach out to the team. Go to the website, pfgprivatewealth.com. That's pfgprivatewealth.com. You can click on the podcast link right there at the top of the page. There's blog. There's a contact section where you can send us an email to the show if you'd like to do that as well. You can find all those goodies at pfgprivatewealth.com. And like I said, if you want to send an email question, feel free to do so. And we've got one this week. We're going to toss out to you guys. Bo sent one in. He said, fellas, I need about $5,000 to live on each month in retirement. And my social security and pension is looking about 53, about to be $5,300 a month. You think that means I can leave my 401k behind to my son? What you guys think? So there's a couple things uh, with this question. You know, Ultimately, backing up a little bit, we're always concerned when people provide flat numbers like this. I think I've been doing this since 07. And John, you've probably been doing it, you know, at least as long, I think an, uh, an extra year. I don't know if I've ever seen anybody come in with $5,000 a month flat on, on expenses. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's, uh, uh, you know, it's an awfully convenient number. And so, you well, know, he does say thing, I, need, I need about, yeah. I guess. So we'll give a yeah. benefit. But yeah, the first thing that we like to do is kind of peel back those numbers and make sure uh, one of the things that we've learned um, kind of throughout these years of doing this are that sometimes when people pose questions like this, um, some people think pre-tax and some people think net of taxes. Mm-hmm. And so first backing up to see, you know, in reality, depending upon how they're calculating the numbers, that $5,000 expense number might actually be closer to 6000 or 6500 And then the social security, um, you know, and the pension numbers may be net uh, versus gross. So the first things that we'll make sure that they understand will be, you know, from a cost of living standpoint and projecting out the numbers for the social security, are they using a cost of living and which number are they, are they using it? Um, and then for the pension, also the same thing, you know, I would say at this point, depending upon where the pension's coming from, if it's coming from a private company, typically we don't see cost of livings built in. If it's coming from some sort of like state or a uh, municipality employee, then there will be some cost of livings. So uh, built into that, so making sure that they calculate inflation on both income and expenses is going to be a, a huge deal. So as far as um, you know, being able to leave the the money, the first conversation that we're going to have with them about you know specifically, hey, am I going to be able to leave my four hundred one k money behind? We'll be making sure that they understand how required minimum distributions work and and what that looks like. So. As an example, making sure that they understand that, you know, starting at age 72, they're going to have to start pulling money out of their account so that the, you know, the government can tax that from an income standpoint. And that doesn't mean that the client has to spend that money. It means that they will pull it out so that they can pay the taxes and then either they can save it or they can spend it. So just like, you know, so many other things, it's a pretty nuanced, uh, you know, it's a question that on the surface seems, you know, super simple, like, hey, I did the math. My income's 5,300. My expenses are 5K. I look right. great. You know, uh, let's just plug along. And uh, my goal is going to be to leave to leave my money behind for my son. So, you know, kind of diving into making sure that they first understand how those uh, factors are going to work from a planning standpoint. Mm-hmm. 
uh, with things like inflation, uh, how they understand that the required minimum distributions are going to work, uh, pulling that money out. And then, you know, really focusing and drilling down on if it's very important for them to leave money for Bo to leave money to his son, uh, let's figure out what might be, you know, is that the best way to leave the money? Or are there other things that we could do to leave that money? Like, for example, does it make sense for him to start doing conversions uh, to convert his traditional money to a Roth account, which can be a much more effective tool to be able to leave? You know, what sort of income bracket is this son in? Um, is this, you know, if he leaves pre-tax money, is that going to be a tax bomb for him? You know, those sorts of things. So on the surface, it looks like a, a very kind of basic question, but in reality, we're going to have to peel back and uh, look at kind of the other factors and then really strategize to figure out, you know, ultimately what's the goal and uh, can we find, you know, more efficient ways to accomplish that goal. Yeah, no, exactly. I think the first thing that I thought when I read that was, you know, 5000 now, what is what is it going to be in 10 years? You know, so with inflation, I mean, that 5000 might be 10, you know, so who knows? So some good thoughts there for Bo to consider. Thanks so much for the question. We certainly appreciate it. Nick, thanks for handling that one. And that's going to do it this week here on the podcast. Again, if you've got questions or concerns before you take any action, you should always check with a qualified professional like John and Nick at PFG Private Wealth. Give them a call at 813-286-7776 or stop by the website pfgprivatewealth.com. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast, Retirement Planning Redefined. You can find all that information at the website. Of course, you can also just search it out on Apple, Google, Spotify, or whatever platform you like to use. And for John, Nick, I'm your host, Mark. We'll see you next time here on the show. And this has been Retirement Planning Redefined. 